0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. Uh, Of course, Ferret 64 is the video game podcast all about video game news, occurrences, first impressions, reviews, and all that stuff. Big, 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 big stuff happening today, folks. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm very excited to um, officially, officially announce the second annual Ferret Awards. Last year, people wanted more of a voice in the awards show, and I gave it to them. In the Discord, people could cast their nominations uh, pro- pretty much since the middle of the year. they've been People have been able to put nominations on the list, and uh, now, officially, uh, the second annual Ferret Awards are live right now. If you go to my Discord, my Twitter, uh, I'll probably be promoting it on my streams as well. Uh, there is a form that you can fill out, a Google f- document. You don't need to input your email or anything like that. We just, I just need your name so I know whose form it is, so I don't get any doubles. Uh, and uh, just go ahead and, and cast your votes for all our different categories. And I'm going to go through all those different categories right now. The second annual Ferret Awards. Uh, that's just a celebration of video games... Uh, from start to finish, whether they be independently developed, AAA, double A, AA, or anything in between, um, I always like to really flesh out these things. Any game between January and December are eligible. Unlike some other places, uh, the voting for this ends on the thirtieth of December. Uh, so the there will actually be a live podcast on the thirty-first of December. Uh, where I will go through all the nominations and I will give you all the winners. So make sure you get your votes in before then. Uh, so if you want to join me for that live podcast, uh, just tune in live on my U- on my Twitch channel at yummytheferret, twitch.tv slash Ferret, uh, And I will be interacting with chat, maybe bringing on a guest or two, talking about the latest news of the week and whatever I've been playing. And there you go. Let's go ahead and scroll through all the nominations for the Ferret Awards. Uh, for Best Performance, we have Christopher Judge, Jeannie uh, Genie, Genie, Terrado, who plays Rose from Resident Evil 8, uh, Murtagh, which is the cat from Stray, Ashley Birch, Steve Blum, who plays the Neon White. Best Soundtrack, we have God of War Ragnarok, Elden Ring, Stray, Horizon Forbidden West, and Call to the Lamb. The Still Playing Award, which is a game that you are still playing from either early in the year or last year or before. Uh, we got Fall Guys, Apex Legends, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, Returnal, and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Best DLC or Major Update uh, also includes add-ons as well. Uh, we have Cuphead, the, the delicious last course. The Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 1, 2, and 3. Ali Ali World, Finding the Flow Zone. Resident Evil Village, Shadow of Rose, and Overwatch 2. The best remaster or remake, we have The Last of Us Part 1, The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Pac-Man World Repack, Klonoa Fantasy Riviere Series, and Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Favorite games streamed by me, Yemi the Ferret, for the year. Uh, we have Gears of War 4, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger Looking good dating simulator, Shadow of the Colossus PS4 version, and The Lord of the Rings The Third Age. Best Action Game. Elden Ring, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, God of War Ragnarok, Neon White, and Horizon Forbidden West? Most Unique Gaming Experience, a game that is not something you expect or changes up the formula. We have Stray, Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Drome, and Card Shark. Best Audio Design. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, Ali Oli World, and the Callisto Protocol. Best game that left you speechless. So a game that had a jaw-dropping emotion, emotional, or intense moment uh, that, that gave you feelings that you can't describe. Uh, I really like this category. This is one that I personally put in here. Uh, obviously, I put them all in here, but this is one that was very unique to me personally. Uh, so we have God of War Ragnarok, Stray, Cult of the Lamb, Trek to Yomi, and A Plague Tale Requiem. Best Action Adventure, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, We Were Here Forever, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Best Visuals, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Elden Ring, Cult of the Lamb, and the Callisto Protocol. Best Multiplayer, this can be co-op, PvP, PvE, etc. We have Played Up, Modern Warfare 2, Splatoon 3, Gotham Knights, and Ship of Fools. Best narrative or story: God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, High on Life, Card Shark, and Ghostwire Tokyo, which I spelled wrong. Oops. <laughs> uh, best gameplay: If it's not fun, why bother? Thank you, Reggie. Uh, we have Overwatch Two, Bayonetta Three, TMNT: Shredder's Revenge, Neon White, and Ali Ali World. Best indie game developed by an independent or small studio: We have Played Up, Stray. Cult of the Lamb, Vampire Survivors, and Trombone Champ. Worst Game of 2022, Super Mario Strikers Battle League, Dying Light 2, Babylon's Fall, The Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, and The Callisto Protocol. Best Game of 2022, the Game of the Year, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Neon White, Cult of the Lamb, and Ollie Ali World. And finally, the newest category on the, the ballot, we have games. I mean, I'm sorry. Only games that matter induction. So on my tier list for uh, my my streaming games, I have a bunch of games in S tier, and the games in S tier. I think one of them. I think I think uh, at the end, you know, I put all the S tier games into a list here. And people are going to vote on which games are going to rise to my favorite games of all time, right? Because all S-tier games are very close to that, if not already some of my favorite games of all time, right? But they just haven't made that benchmark move, in my opinion. But I'm giving the people a chance to move a specific game out of S-tier and into the favorite games of all time category. So we have Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie's Double Trouble, The Lore of the Rings, Return of the King, the video game, The Lore of the Rings, The Third Age... Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, Call of Duty World at War, and Guacamile Super Turbo Championship Edition. All those got S tiers this year for streaming, so we'll see which game gets pushed to the top. If you want to respond, please, 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 I need all the votes that I can get. Uh, right now we got four entries as, as I'm reading as I'm, as I'm going through this, uh, and we definitely need more, 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 please. Uh, so if you want to, I put I put the link into a bunch of different Discords if anyone's interested. Uh, it would really be appreciated if everyone who listens or or watches my stuff could go through, check out the list, click on the responses that they think suit the suit the uh, the the categories the best, and. Um yeah and, and just give me a little bit of that fuzzy feeling inside you know uh, but anyway thank you so much uh for considering and for anyone who nominated any games thank you so much it does help a lot uh when people put their nominations in all right let's move on to the official first part of the podcast which is what have i been playing this past week the first game I want to talk about is High on Life, um, and uh, I, I I hate to be that guy, but I'm not, like, really vibing with High on Life. I You know, I, I'm enjoying the writing, and I think the comedy is pretty funny. I think that they the game is written very smartly. There's a lot of, like, actors and actresses in there that I'm recognizing. You know, the one guy from—the um, uh, the, the, guy—oh, my god— <laughs> I'm completely blanking, Smiling Friends. The one guy from Smiling Friends is in there. He has a very distinct voice, and I was like, yeah, that's him. That's pretty cool that he's in this game. Uh, And, of course, Justin Roiland voices a bunch of characters, including the main gun that you use, so you're going to be hearing him a lot. Um, I guess the one thing i got to say, if you don't like Justin Roiland's brand of comedy, his writing style, his voice acting... This is probably going to be a pretty annoying experience for you because it is pretty much just like joke, 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 joke. If some of them hit, they hit. If some of them don't, they don't. Right? Yeah, sure. There's some cringe in there. There's some funny stuff. There's some stuff that doesn't make me laugh. But for the most part, I feel like I am having an enjoyable experience. I just think that the gameplay itself—I don't know—I just feel like the gameplay itself is not as as good as I was hoping it would be. You know um you know it's it it is pretty much a a a semi-basic shooter essentially uh you got this little grapple move that's a little bit janky uh you know the first gun you get obviously you know you shoot the enemies and it's it's like a normal pistol or whatever and then there's also like this glob shot that shoot that boosts them into the air and you get double damage on them if you shoot the mother in the air just it all just kind of feels not amazing you know um i'm also having some trouble with like you know, a lot of, like, the worlds you visit look really, really good, and then you get to this area, like, there's this desert area that you go to, and, like, the enemies were clipping in and out of, like, the metal on the ground, which you're not supposed to, or something like that, you know, there was a bunch of, like, unfinished textures and stuff like that that I was seeing on the, like, on the, on the, on the outsides of the map, so maybe it could have used a few more weeks in the, in the cooker before, before coming out, but, um, you know, for the most part, I like the world building that they've done, I like where the game starts off, where you're, like, playing this, like, retro-themed, uh, little shooter, kind of, like, Doom-esque shooter, and it kind of teaches you the basics, and then you kind of go into the main game, that's a nice little bait-and-switch there, um, I, I, you know, I, I actually enjoy where the game starts off where the, you know, Earth is being invaded, and, you, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you, you're kind of running through with the, with the gun for the first time, and I just, it's just, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's not, like, bad or anything, I'm just seeing like, it's kind of just, like, oh, okay, it's just fine, you know, it's just, it's okay, um, so far, I just, I'm not being gripped by the combat, you know, I feel like every combat encounter has been kind of the same, where you just shoot the guy in the head and that's it, you know, and I don't really need to take cover, I don't really need to dodge, uh, you know, the enemy AI is pretty abysmal in the game, um, but they do say some funny stuff every so often, you know, if a couple of them, their dying words will be kind of funny, or, you know, maybe the gun will say something funny in the middle of combat. If you don't like that kind of thing, um, you can turn off like the in-game dialogue, um, except for like major story moments, right? Uh, so you can have the guns like talk less. So if you want to, that's always a thing that you can do. Um, but yeah, so far it's just kind of been like, okay, you know, it's fine. You know, um, there's some things that are a little janky in there. There's some things that I don't like, but for the most part, it's been fine. If you have Xbox Game Pass, I would definitely suggest trying it out at least. You know, it's been it's been fine you know like I, I don't have anything like exorbitantly like negative to say you know i just you know it's just one of those games that's kind of like yeah it's probably gonna be a game that i that i play around with and then i kind of you know move on and, and forget about later on you know um maybe eventually I, I do another playthrough just because it's it's silly or whatever but yeah, I, w- I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit more, you know, in terms of like gunplay, gameplay, you know, g- you know, gameplay and stuff like that. I just, I just feel like maybe they put a little bit too much time into making these creating these jokes and stuff like that. Maybe they could have put more time into making the gameplay feel a little bit more unique or something like that. Well, I guess there is one unique thing about the game which really annoys me. The crouch button is the down button on the D-pad. <laughs> like, who designed that? Da- down on the D-pad is your crouch button. What the heck? Like what what kind of freaking PS2 era bullshit are we dealing with here, you know? Like crouch button should either be like one of the uh you know one of the joysticks button, you know, R3 or L3 or it should be O or whatever. Like d- don't make it down on the D-pad. That's so out of the way for your thumb to get to. I understand, you know, dodging left and right, sure, you know, pressing left and right on the D-pad, that kind of makes more sense, I guess. But down on the D-pad for crouching. I mean, I know you're not going to crouch too often in the game. Obviously, I mean, I've I've played the game for about three or four hours. I've, I think I've crouched twice. You know, but still, it's like it's so far out of the way. And if I want to get behind cover, I got to take my uh, I got to take my thumb off of the movement button and, and press you know press down on the D-pad. It just it does it's not very intuitive. I will say that it could have been designed a little bit better. Um... But once again, you know the, the game is really funny. I, I've been laughing a lot during it, um, not only during like the opening segments, but also deeper into the game. I've been I've been having a few chuckles here or there. I mean, there's this one part where the bridge is out. And this construction crew, they're all like, yeah, forget about it. They're like, kind of like generic New Yorkers or whatever. And, and and uh, you know, like, we're the, we're the Macaroni brothers. I just, I really had a lot of fun talking to those guys and interacting with them. Uh, the other interesting thing is there's a lot of NPCs that you can actually just shoot and kill. <laughs> like, they don't give a shit. You know, you want to kill this, like, kid who's nagging you I guess you can if you want to kill the macaroni brothers you can if you want to kill the random the random dude on the corner who isn't getting out of your way you can I mean there's there's a lot that this game lets you do that other games would be like oh no 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 you got to go around oh no no you got to find another way nope you can just blast your way through them and that's fine it's kind of crazy um in that sense too but you know so far it's just been like okay you know I've been it's fine you know I'm not gonna like I don't know if I'm gonna like talk about this game. Post twenty twenty three, you know, when I when I finish when eventually get it done, you know. I just it's not one of those games that I'm like rushing to get back to, you know. That's that's the thing. You know, the game's not gripping me enough to like run back to it. And I know what you're saying. Oh, but 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 Yemi, you went back to Callisto Protocol and finished that so quickly. And I'll tell you this, at least there was something going on in that game. You know, I liked the graphics and I thought that the sound design was amazing and the gameplay is unique enough that it kind of makes you go, okay, I guess I, you know, whatever. Um, yes, it was a very frustrating experience. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I, I went back and ba- I went back to that game because there's a lot of interesting things going on and I was just very interested to see how the rest of the game was going to be. Was it going to be a train wreck? Was it going to be good? Was it going to be bad? I don't know. I was very interested in that. High on Life just seems like it's going to kind of be the same tone throughout the entire experience. I don't think there's going to be anything other than quick jokes, funny dialogue, you know, maybe a few gags here and there. Um, obviously, you know, the, the main goal of the game is to hunt down these, like, officers in this army that invaded Earth. And, you know, you take them out. You start taking them out. You, t- you pick up bounties and take them out, which I think is pretty cool, you know? Uh, you're picking up these bounties. You're going to the different worlds. You're finding them, tracking them down, you know, shooting through their, their guards and stuff like that and eventually doing, like, a boss fight with them. And, you know, that first boss fight with the... What's her... I forget her name already. Something Nine. Uh, she's, like, a ant queen or something like that. And, um, you know, I mean, the boss fight, you know, obviously was kind of spoiled to everyone during that gameplay showcase, but, you know, it was still a pretty fun boss fight to do. You know, I felt like the the dialogue during the boss fight was pretty funny and the you know, things that you were doing were pretty funny. Uh, and then also the boss fight was actually good itself. So that's, that's good. You know, there, there's some good stuff in there for sure. Uh, but wholly unique stuff, no. And I think that's one of the things that kind of makes me gravitate towards some games other than... Than other games right is there's got to be a unique element in there that's like really gripping me and you know the the funny writing in high on life is not enough to keep me coming back over and over and over again when the gameplay is a bit stale it's a bit played out you know it's, it's not it's not wholly unique from any other game that's out there which obviously they did lean into the writing very hard and you know it definitely shows but you know, a game like, a game like this is not going to trump over, you know, something like Callisto Protocol, because at least there's something in Kalisto Protocol that made me go back and play it all the way through in a couple of sittings, where High on Life, I kind of have to like, oh, okay, it's on my Xbox, I guess I'll turn on my Xbox today, oh, there's an update, well, I guess I'm playing Call of Duty, you know, something like that, that kind of thing happens pretty often with High on Life, I'll go downstairs to play it, and then it's like, oh, I gotta wait for this, you know, four gigabyte update oh, guess I'm not playing this today, you know, I don't wait for it to update, I just go move on to something else, you know, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it goes, you know, when there's a unique concept inside a game, uh, you know, that that's what I usually gravitate towards, you know, that's, that's why a couple of games this year have been pretty high on my list, because it's something that you don't normally see, and it works, it all kind of works, you know, um... You know, I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. But, you know, Elden Ring, it really is just it's using a lot of the same stuff that other Souls games from the from 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 software have used. And even though it's still a great and amazing experience, it doesn't feel wholly fresh. And, you know, I find myself going back and playing other games, maybe they're indie games, maybe they triple A games. I, I, find myself going back and playing other games and having more fun than going back and playing Elden Ring because, you know, I tried to play through the game again on a, on a second playthrough and I was just crushing through enemies and I had my, I had my setup and I was getting, I was almost halfway through the game again and I was like, you know, it's the cracks in this game are really starting to show with the, with the boss design, you know, and I, that's something that I've been complaining about since the beginning, but, you know, I go back and I play something like, you know, Call to the Lamb or Ali Ali World or, or whatever, and I find myself going, oh, okay, uh, this feels great still. And I really enjoy what they're doing here. And, you know, this and this and this is really fun to use. So, you know, that that's why, you know, something like High on Life, I'm not, like, I'm not jazzed to go back and play it every day or whatever, whenever I have free time, uh, because I'd rather play another shooter game like Modern Warfare or something like that, which has more going on for it. It's it's more competitive. It's It's got better weaponry. You know, it's stuff like that. It's got better customization. Like, High on Life is just a very, it's a solid kind of like fine game with great writing um, but it's lacking in some key areas for me personally um but uh, like i said i enjoyed enough i'll go back and play it i'll probably finish it next year in january when i have nothing else to play right um so yeah there you go that's high on life coming right up after that is a completely one it's a 180 pretty much people vampire survivors let me tell you, I was not expect I was not going into Vampire Survivors expecting myself to get this hooked on this game. This game about uh, some some pixel art sprites on a background and you kill uh, s- s- millions of enemies on the screen and you try and build your character up to kill as many enemies on your screen. You can't even you can even press a button to attack. The attacks are are automated and when i tell you that you might go oh what the fuck you can't attack on your own you have to wait for countdowns and timers and blah 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 blah." yeah i know i wasn't going into it expecting me to love it either but it was like five bucks plus the dlc was a dollar fifty i got both of them and i tell you what i tell you what this game is so freaking addictive the gameplay loop draws you in quickly and you can you, you start going up to like wave 20, wave 30, wave 40, and you're just like, yes, 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 you're grinding it out, and you're just having so much fun, you're picking up treasure chests, you're picking up gold, you're picking up gems, you're, you're, you're upgrading your character all the way through this, and you know eventually you die, of course, because things get overwhelming and you go, whew, that was really fun, and you get a bunch of gold, and then you go, hmm, I wonder how if I do this, and if I do this, and then you get back into the game and you play for another 30 minutes straight without realizing it, right? And that is a sign of an addicting experience. Like I said, I didn't go into this game expecting anything. I watched Callus play it a while ago. People started really talking it up. And I said, you know what? I might as well try it out since, you know, it's such a big phenomenon right now. And I got to say, the hype is real. Like, the hype is so freaking real. Like, yeah, it's a bit basic here and there. You know, but there's a lot of really fun and unique things going on inside this game that I've really not seen in another video game. You know, there's that zombie game that came out a long, long time ago in Xbox Arcade, but even then you could still shoot your guns yourself. It's not all automated. And that's kind of a weird thing about this game. Like everything's automated from lightning bolts coming down from the sky to whip attacks left and right to throwing stars to any any weapon that you get. It's all on a timer. And upgrading your character is one of the things that you know you really gotta you really gotta upgrade to your strengths. Um, and it's random what weapons you're gonna find and what things you're gonna get. And when you open up treasure chests, it's also random to be you know what kind of chest they're gonna be. Is, is it gonna be just a regular chest? Is it gonna be a rare chest? It's gonna be ultra rare chest that give you better items and more gold? You know that's the thing. It's just it's such an interesting thing. You know, it's just a little like it's just a little like defense game, uh, you know, you fight mobs of enemies. They get harder and harder as it goes on. And the other thing is like each level that I've played so far, I've played 3 levels and they all have unique enemies too. Like yeah, sure, some will come back like skeletons or like the mudmen come back and and stuff like that. Some of them do come back, but for the most part you get wholly unique enemy builds that have different strengths and weaknesses. Uh, each level, you do, you know, you do have, like, the same, you know, weaponry that you can get. Obviously, it's all random, but you can still get your your same bills if you want to. But you unlock new characters, you find new characters on the map, you find new items on the map, you find, like, these collectibles on the map as well uh, uh, that give you special abilities. You upgrade your character with the gold, or you can buy new characters with the gold. You, you know, there's a bunch of things that, like, are going on that, like, like I said, the gameplay loop is just there. It's just, it's so there... And it's so smooth. And I have no clue how else to say this, but it's a damn good indie title. I will give you I will give it that. And, you know, I've already locked my top ten list uh with the order that it has right now. But I'm kind of I'm kind of, you know, I put the key in the lock. I'm gonna say it. I put the key in the lock and I might be twisting that lock a little bit, because my, my time with Vampire Survivors has been a bit short, a bit brief so far, but I've already sunk almost three hours into this game on one play session. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that, that, I think that speaks volumes for the game. Yeah, there's a few technical issues, like, you know, when I put it into full screen and if I tab out of it, it won't let me, you know, put it back in the full screen until I restart the game. Uh, and also, like there's some there's there's some things that happen that I I feel like uh you know a little glitchy here and there. Like sometimes enemies will just kind of commando lunge you for some reason, and then other times they won't. You know stuff like that. But I think for the most part, it's a very solid experience. It's designed very very well. They did a great job of keeping the gameplay fun while also keeping it pretty basic. You know anyone can pick up and play this game as long as you have a controller or a mouse and keyboard. Uh, you're good to go. And I think having it be so automated gives you kind of that mind numbing you know, uh, and, you know, that, that mind numbing kind of like a uh, haze, you know, that, that just kind of keeps you going, you know, you're not like super engaged in the game with like pressing buttons and dodging and etc. You're just kind of trying to find the lanes to go through the, the cracks in the enemies, uh, on the map to kind of get around, move around and keep going, you know, trying, you know, sometimes bosses will come in. And of course, when you beat a boss. Uh, you get a big chest, you know. Uh, sometimes mini-bosses will come in. They're just like bats with shields and stuff like that. And you take them out and they give you a chest as well. Uh, or maybe a red diamond uh, or gem, which is for use for XP. The, the gems are used for XP. So each each time you start up, a, start up a map, you start at level 1. And you have like a base attack that the character has. Uh, right now, the meta is using the garlic. So there's a guy who has garlic. And essentially, garlic is just this area of damage that goes around your character, and most enemies die in like a couple hits with it, and it's really, really good. So anytime you're playing, you always got to go for the the garlic, right? Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other weapons that you can use as well and upgrade with the gems, uh, including the lightning ring that sh- that brings down lightning randomly on enemies. Uh, there's like this, um, I, I would, it's not like a, st- it's like a throwing diamond and not a throwing star, but there's a diamond that can kind of cut through enemies and it ricochets off of one wall. Uh, There's a whip that just attacks left and right. Pretty basic. Uh, There's like a magic wand that can shoot towards the nearest enemy. Uh, There's a book that can fly around your character. Um, There's a whole bunch of stuff. And it's very, very much inspired by the old Castlevania games. And as you may or may not know, I'm not a huge Castlevania guy. You know, I played Symphony of the Night, didn't really enjoy it myself. I know that sounds like blasphemy. For a lot of people, that's probably blasphemy uh but i just you know i wasn't like really into it maybe i might go back and retry it again now that i'm more into metroidvanias but you know as of right now like I, it's kind of left a bad taste in my mouth but this game it uses like the ideas and like some of the weaponry from from the castlevania games and it puts it into a completely different situation and you know the maps are like forever going so you're never going to find the edge of a map you know they're randomly generated in like squares of four or whatever um, and so you you kind of can go through forever. And sometimes maps will have hidden items, like there's a there's a Dracula coffin that you can find, which I believe is gonna you know, on the last level is gonna be like the final boss or whatever. But sometimes the Dracula the Dracula coffin will have a new character or sometimes you'll find a book on the ground that gives you a new thing to level up or or whatever. you know, it's it's just, it's like completely the opposite of high on life where i don't want to go back and play high on life like right away but vampire survivors i was so hooked on that for so long and i i was itching to get back on it and i played a little bit more and you'll playing a little bit more means playing like another hour you know and yeah it's just been wow it's just been it's just been surprisingly really fun um so you know if you haven't played vampire survivors uh, check it out. It's really cheap on Steam. I don't know if it's on Xbox Game Pass. I think it is, but I'm not sure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I would check it out. I mean, it's real cheap. You know, it's, it's just a little time waster game. And it's available on phone now, as we know from the Game Awards. Uh, so you can play it on phone for free if you want to just check it out on the phone and see if it's something that you like. But, yeah, so far it's been a really interest not interesting, but like a really fun, kind of like easygoing experience. And uh, I, I definitely would give it a thumbs up to anyone who wants to check that out. Uh, in terms of streaming, let me switch over to my streaming list here. So I think the last time that I talked, we had just finished Diddy's Kong Quest, or I forgot to talk about the games that I was streaming. Uh, but obviously, we're going through Donkey Kong December right now, and we moved on to Dixie's Dixie Kong's Double Trouble, which was fantastic. I really enjoyed Dixie's Double Trouble. I thought that it was the strongest of the Donkey Kong Country games up to that point. Um, I know Diddy's Conquest is pretty much universally praised, and it was still really good. Don't get me wrong, but there's a few things in there that I thought were kind of like, "Oh man, that's really pinpoint precision." If I didn't have rewind, I would probably be, you know, pulling my hair out. I didn't feel I didn't feel that way for Dixie's Double Trouble, and I thought that like a lot of what they did in that game was really unique. The graphics got a big major upgrade to them. The soundtrack was banging. Uh the the, the difference between the two characters was also really really fun. Like you know, Dixie being more. You know being more precise, able to glide over distances, jump a little bit higher. And then there's also um, Baby Kong or whatever his name was, uh, who was just he was he was a little bit heavy. You know, he he couldn't jump as far, but he could throw Dixie really far and really high up. Um, and that's like his big strength is he's able to pick up Dixie and throw things. You know, he's able to open up like holes in the ground just by jumping up and slamming down. You know, so there's a lot of different things that they did with this game that I thought was really, really good. The map itself is like kind of open, open world for a little bit. You know, you're trying to find different items to be able to get through the the open the open map of the main area. And I felt like each level was really just meticulously meticulously designed, really fun really well done. I found myself barely rewinding throughout the game unlike with Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2. Uh, so I really had a lot of fun with that. And I know that a lot of people think that it's not a great game. I don't know how I don't know why. I think it's one of the best Donkey Kong Country games out there. I would definitely put it above Diddy's Conquest and Donkey Kong Country. And as I will talk about in a second, Don- and I would put it over Donkey Kong Country Returns as well. After we were done with Donkey Kong Country 3, um we played Donkey Kong Jr. for a little bit, uh, which is like an arcade game. It's a sequel to the Donkey Kong arcade game, right? And, you know, it, it was fun. You know, it, it it served its purpose, you know, as like a little distraction uh, while we, uh, you know, before we moved on to Donkey Kong Country Returns. Ah, uh, you know, you play as Donkey Kong Jr. You go up and down the vines. Mario's throwing things at you. I thought it was fun. You know, it got harder and harder as it went on, but I didn't fi- I didn't find it like so abysmally hard that I would you know would never be able to do it in my life, right uh, we got f- pretty far in the game. I mean, obviously, you're just repeating the same like four levels over and over again. Uh, but I thought that the four or five levels were actually pretty well designed, and I like the concept of climbing up and down the vines and having different, you know, you know, like if you only climbed with one hand, you know, you would go slower, but if you climb two vines with both hands, you go really fast, and you would drop these, like, fruit and coconuts on enemies to kill them and give you extra points and stuff like that. You know, as a, as a sequel to one of the best, you know, one of the most classic arcade games ever, it's pretty fun, it's pretty good, all things considered, and I would gladly play it again. Donkey Kong Country Returns is, of course, the return to the Donkey Kong Country series, even though Donkey Kong 64 is technically a part of the Donkey Kong Country lore. Uh, this was the first 2D Donkey Kong game since Donkey Kong Country 3. Um, and It was a really good return. Um, obviously, you play as Donkey Kong, and you have Diddy Kong with you as well, who can give you, like, a uh, he has a jetpack that can give you a boost while you go over uh, over things or a glide while you go over things. Um, and, I mean... What what is there really to say? It's it's Donkin Country on the Wii. You have to shake the controller the roll, which I had to get used to. Um, you know, the some of the some of the some of the level design were, were kind of annoying, but for the most part, a lot of the game was just really it was just fun, you know? I didn't find myself really caring about shaking the controller the roll. I felt like it was kind of natural at that point, point. and I really liked a lot of the level designs. There was a there was this level where you know pirate ships are shooting cannons at you, and you got to dodge the cannons and go across these open areas. Uh, there was another level where uh, you were inside like a factory um and and like the lights were out or or it was all misty inside the factory so all you could see was Donkey Kong's shadow which was pretty cool um you know the the soundtrack was really good too like there was this jazzy version of the original game's theme that was so well done so so well done um and yeah a lot of the level design was really good i like i said there's only a couple levels that i thought were kind of annoying they also introduced like a couple new things to the the game as well so you know you have like these sections where you're riding on a rocket and you got to like hold down the button to go up and then let it go to go down uh, which were kind of fun you know a little bit frustrating at times but a lot of fun obviously the, bi- the oh excuse me <laughs> the mine cart sections are back there's a couple of those in there um, there's a lot of varied boss fights in here as well, kind of like, I didn't mention this for Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie's Double Trouble, uh, but the, the boss fights in that game are really well done, and the boss fights in Returns is really well done as well. A lot of them are, are very unique, um, you only fight the same boss twice, uh, which, you know, in the second time is, like, a super souped-up version of the original boss, which is actually pretty cool. Um, there's, like, there's a lot of fun to be had in there, you know, I like the enemies. Uh, that these like bongo drum wooden enemies, they were pretty cool. Uh, I think the ending boss fight was actually really fun. Um, a little bit frustrating at the end just because it takes so long, like <laughs> a lot of times I, it would take me a while to get to the ending part, but you know, it was still a pretty fun final boss fight, all things considered. And yeah, I would definitely, if you have a Wii and you want to play a 2d platformer, that's not Mario related. Donkey country returns is really good. I actually enjoy it better than the Mario, you know, the Mario games. Um unfortunately it is stuck on the Wii. They did not make a port for the Wii U. Uh there's a DS port but um there's no new version for the Switch which is un- which is unfortunate. Uh, I really wish that they would, you know, update the game and and re-release it for the current console just just to kind of let people play it, you know? Cuz all there is right now is Tropical Freeze and the Nintendo Switch Online games. This you know, Donkey Kong Country Returns has pretty much been forgotten by Nintendo at this point. Um but yeah, right now we are playing through Tropical Freeze i've been having a blast with it i forgot how really well done like the the design of the levels were the foreground the background you know the plane that donkey kong is on it's all looks really really good um can't wait to play more of that uh when we continue that uh usually we'll, we'll be streaming on monday um so yeah uh really fun really fun time there and then finally for today uh for the games I've been playing um I played a lot more Ali Ali World. Uh, i finished up the um the DLC that I was playing last time uh which was the Finding the Flows. No, Finding the Flow Zone is the one that I'm playing currently right now, which has been really really fun. Um but uh I I've been playing the other DLC which was um oh what was it called? void riders void riders and you know i think void riders uh i think they could have added a couple more g- gimmicks in there to kind of make the levels better but honestly the level design in void riders was really cool like a lot of levels towards the end of the of the of the dlc were like in like this alternate dimension or ultimate world right and like the pieces of the track would kind of flow up from random locations and you kind of had the on the fly learn and 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 grind and 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 grab and all that different kind of thing to keep keep your stuff going i found it really really enjoyable and there were some extra challenges at the end of it all like some of the like one challenge was collecting all these um floating cows uh and they were all in the like this all in this one section you kind of had to go back and forth back and forth until you finally got the ball that was a pretty good challenge and a really fun one they added another race into there you raced like um this this like Loch Ness monster type beast down a river, which is very reminiscent of the bear race in the original game. Um Yeah, I just I found it very fun. Void Riders was a very good DLC expansion, uh, but the only new thing in there is that you you use a grab move to kind of lift your character up onto a you know f- with a, with the tractor beams coming down, which you know like that's pretty basic. Nothing else has been added in there, but you know so far, find the find, finding the flow zone has just kind of been like a very interesting like, really good experience so far. I've only played a couple of levels, but it just, like, they did a really good job with this. If, if this is the last DLC for ali ali World, they went out with a fucking bang. Like, honestly. Ali Ali World in general is a really, really, really good game. It was the first game this year that I gave a 5 out of 5, and, like, that was really early on in the year when this game came out. I think it was, like, April or February, something like that, and I immediately was just, like, really hooked on it. I finished it up, and I, I was like, yeah, this is like a perfect game. It's a perfect evolution of the ali ali series. And it definitely is worth your time and money. It's just a really fun, um, you know, skating game that is very much reliant on just like of, of just how skillful you are at, at keeping your combos going and and reading the track and stuff like that. So yeah, I've I've been I've been I've been bumping Ollie Ollie World this entire year. So you know, if you haven't played it yet, I would definitely highly recommend checking it out. It's one of my four games that's a must play this year, uh, which I posted on Twitter. Um, so if you want if you want to check it out, I would definitely recommend that. And uh, yeah, um, I didn't have time to play more of a bunch of games this week um but another game came out called little gator game that i've been excited about or interested in not excited but interested in so i'll probably be talking about that next week and no i did not get to play the Forspoken demo yet uh that i just that 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 got put in the back burner pretty quickly um and uh yeah i think that's about it i mean i guess i could mention um that i've been playing a lot of call of duty right now uh, They got this new DMZ mode that's been pretty cool. I'll probably talk about it next week when I have more time, but yeah, uh, just been having fun. So let's go ahead and move on to the next part of the podcast, which is what's in the news. All right, first up, we got a couple of like real, like, I don't know, would I say real world or a couple of news stories that are about in different mediums than video games, I should say. First up on the list, there is a God of War TV series being greenlit by Amazon Prime Video. If you don't know, Amazon Prime Video is what's is what currently is working on uh, the Lord of the Rings show. Uh, so, you know, maybe they'll use some of the people from that show who did the costume designs and character designs and, and, and put them on the God of War show. Now, I don't know if... Um, I mean, obviously they're using the God of War 2018, like, gameplay artwork our game cover artwork for the announcement so i don't think that this is going to be like a kratos origin story hopefully maybe i don't know maybe they will maybe they won't they'll probably have some stuff in greece like ancient greece but i'm i'm guessing that a lot of it is going to be like you know in in the god of war you know in in the nordic stuff right uh maybe there'll be flashbacks to his old life maybe there'll be stuff going on i don't know um but um yeah apparently this is this has just been greenlit by playstation um they ordered a series inspired by the franchise um and we'll see how that goes i mean i'm not really like super like i think amazon prime has only done good a good job with the boys that's pretty much the only show that i would say is like really good from them right so we'll see if god of war helps you know is better than than that or better than the lord of the rings show um like I said I'm am a bit nervous though because Amazon Prime has had a bad track, track record recently but we'll see how it goes. Um I'm I'm interested in it though. I'll, I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. Um but it's weird that they didn't give this to HBO because they seem to be doing a great job on that Last of Us series and it's it's interesting that it doesn't seem like PlayStation is doing this one themselves like they did with The Last of Us, right? uh but i guess we'll find out more information later but right now it's just been greenlit so you know there's nothing really you know nothing more to say right there right now uh it's just been greenlit so we'll see what happens in the future kind of along the same lines sony playstation death stranding uh hideo kojima is is actually going to be a part of the development of a death stranding movie and i know a lot what a lot of people are saying well you know, Death Stranding itself is kind of like a movie in itself, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Death Stranding is a very cutscene-heavy game, but there is a lot of gameplay in there and mixed in between. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Hideo Kojima will be the executive producer alongside Alex Lebo- Lebovici, who worked on The Barbarian, which was a horror uh, movie that came out this year, which got very, very high praises. It's unclear whether Norman Reedus or Leigh... Lay- Leah Sedois will reprise the roles, um, but in an announcement by Alex Lebovici, he said, We are thrilled and honored to have the opportunity to partner with brilliant and iconic Hideo Kojima on, this f- on his first film adaption. Unlike other big-budget tentpole video game adaptions, this will be something far more intimate and grounded. Our goal is to redefine what a video game adaption could be when you have creative and artistic freedom. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of high hopes for this. I mean, Hideo Kojima is behind Death Stranding, um, so you know we'll 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 see how we'll see how the movie comes out. I'm sure it's going to be a very condensed version of Death Stranding. You know, they're probably going to take out some of the fluff and stuff like that. Maybe they'll eliminate some plot points entirely because obviously, you know, the, the original Death Stranding is like a 40 hour game right or something like that you know a lot of the cutscenes take up most of that time um, but they are very beautiful and well done cutscenes. don't get me wrong uh, so we'll see you know maybe it's just gonna be a live version a live adaption version of the story's plot or maybe they'll do something different in the Death Strand universe we'll have to wait and see all right speaking of tv shows and specifically anime for this one Ash Ketchum and Pikachu his Pokemon Pikachu are coming to a close. Their time is coming to a close in the Pokemon universe. Ash has done a lot in his in his 11 years or whatever of, of being the main character of the Pokemon series. And uh, they dubbed the new, the new 11 special episodes Aim to be a Pokemon Master, which are going to air in Japan on January 13th. They'll start airing, which will be the final chapter for Ash and Pikachu's story. It is definitely the end of an era that started all the way back in 1997 with the Indigo League. Um, obviously, a lot of people all, all all very fondly remember the original Pokemon movie uh, with Mewtwo and stuff like that. That was another Ash and Pikachu adventure that, that a lot of people remember. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be, you know, Ash is going to be sidelined. He's going to be he's going to be uh, he's going to be done though. Um, So we'll see if he actually becomes a Pokemon master, I guess. Uh, But they did announce that a new series is coming. An all-new Pokemon series has been announced. Join two new characters and three Paldia starter Pokemon as they adventure through the Pokemon world, plus commemorate Ash's journey with special episodes concluding Pokemon's Ultimate Journeys, the series, coming in 2023 and beyond. Um, so yeah, this is, this is, this tweet's pretty much confirming Ash's journey is coming to a close and it's going to be two new characters taking over the position of main characters in the anime. Uh, so they said that in Japan in April, 2023, the new protagonists will air in the new series of Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, and they also, they also put out this like really nice, um, poster, uh, for Ash's departure, you know, has Misty, Brock, and Ash on there, and all the different major Pokemon of the series that Ash kind of trained throughout his time, and um, you know, I mean, it's a very nice poster, you know. What uh, what can I say? Um, I haven't watched Pokemon in a while. I don't remember the last Pokemon episode that I officially watched, uh, but I do remember as a kid, I I definitely watched a lot of the original Pokemon anime, uh, and uh, I don't I don't remember if I watched it into like later seasons where like the pokemon started to really change it up i think the last i think it was like i think the ape pokemon with the hand on its tail was one of the last seasons that i watched i don't remember what that was that was a long time ago still ash was a very big part of my childhood and i'm sure a lot of others as well and uh, going into the real world, Super Nintendo World in Hollywood is opening its doors February 17th, 2023. A special announcement video was posted on Universal Studios Hollywood's YouTube channel showing off what the park is going to look like and when the opening day is. It looks pretty identical to the, uh, the, uh, the Mario World that's in Japan. Um, it looks like you're going to be uh, visiting peach's castle riding in uh riding on a mario kart kind of coaster thing i'm not sure if it's a coaster but it seems like a coaster um there's food obviously lots of food that's mario themed and also of course a big uh shopping center for you to get all your favorite mario needs um on top of this uh on top of the opening date announcement the studio has also confirmed that the attractions uh that they've confirmed all the attractions that you'll be able to find there okay perfect mario kart bowser's challenge this all new technologically advanced ride inspired by the popular Mario Kart video game series will see seamlessly fuse cutting-edge augmented reality with projection mapping technology and actually set an actual set pieces along a moving ride track. Set against a multi-sensory backdrop of color, sound and movement, guests will be seated in stadium-style four-seat vehicles as they navigate familiar courses through creative use of and integration of head-mounted AR goggles. Interesting. Uh, also, there will be Mount Beanpole. This towering landmark sits at the heart of the uh, at the heart of the land, and also serves as the entry queue for Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. Bowser's Castle, adorned with breathtaking sculptures of the large and powerful Bowser, this structure serves as a key centerpiece of the land, home to Super Nintendo World's signature ride, Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. Okay. Power Up Band. These wearable state-of-the-art wristbands sync with Universal Hollywood's free downloadable app to level up the guest experience within the land and enhances many interactive elements. Obviously, there's a lot of interactive blocks and stuff you can touch, and things will happen. Toadstool Cafe. This is a restaurant based around Toad, obviously. There will be Toadstool Cheesy Garlic Knots, Super Mario Mushroom Soup, Piranha Plant Caprese, caprese? Mario Bacon Burger, Luigi Pesto, Chicken Burger, uh, a Block Terramassu, and a Princess Peach Cupcake. The 1-Up Factory is, of course, going to be the... uh, Collection of merchandise as well. Sounds like there's going to be a lot to do. Hopefully, um, I've, I've seen videos of the Japan World. You know, the one ride they have is like the slow moving like monorail, and I'm like, oh boy, I hope they put something in a little bit better than that. And it seems like they have uh, Mario Kart. Sounds like it's going to be a lot more fun than the slow moving tram that they have at uh, <laughs> the at, at the Japan uh, World. But uh yeah, cool cool announcement. Very nice. Very pleased with that. And finally, for the news today. There might be a Horizon something multiplayer coming to coming soon. Uh, in a job posting on Twitter, Guerrilla Games in Amsterdam want to expand the world of Horizon, and they they posted a picture with open positions. Uh, they are continuing to create an epic solo adventure of Aloy, but there's more. A new internal team is developing a separate online project set in Horizon's universe. Uh, Featuring a new cast of characters and a unique stylized look, friends will be able to explore the majestic wilds of Horizon together. We're looking for talented people for a Horizon single-player and online project. They need animators, designers, programmers, people with experience in multiplayer. So I'm wondering if this is going to be one a MMO, something open world MMO where you take down monsters yourself, maybe might maybe like Monster Hunter World. Maybe it'll be a Warzone experience, a, a battle royale experience. Probably not, but maybe. Um maybe it's just a, gonna be like a PvE, maybe a co-op adventure. Who knows? Uh, but what I do know is that I'm intrigued, and we'll see what this all comes about to. They are probably in very early development stages of whatever they're working on, so you probably won't hear anything about this until the future. But as of right now, thought it was an interesting thing to add that they are starting to maybe work on a multiplayer expansion or in a, a solo multiplayer game or some sort of MMO, we will say. All right, let's move on to what's in the news. Okay, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will officially l- release in fall of 2023. Sony has confirmed after a small leak by one of the I think the writers or something um accidentally released that the the game was supposed to be coming in fall. Uh but yeah, they officially announced that the game is is going to be uh coming in tw- in, in in fall of 2023. There is a a, an, a there is an option to wish list it on the PlayStation Store right now, but you can't pre-order it yet. Um so yeah, there's no new trailer or anything like that, but they did have to come out on the blog post and say, "Well, you know, the it's true, it's coming in fall uh, on PS5 in 2023." Creative director Brian Intihar added the following statement to the blog post: "What a year it's been for PlayStation Studio here at, at Exomniac Games. We've been in, in an absolute awe of the work of our peers. Congrats to everyone on a successful 2022, and here's to next year." being just as exciting as we continue to get Marvel Spider-Man 2 ready for release next fall. Uh, so yeah, uh, there's been no new footage, no new trailer, no new screenshots. They just kind of did a blog post confirming what the leak was. And uh, I like it when studios do that, you know? Hey, just go ahead and confirm it, why don't you? You know, I, it's always it's always interesting when you see that. Um, but yeah, as of, as of right now, so the tentative release date is fall of 2023, which I feel like is going to be a pretty good time. Uh, it's later in the year. It, doesn't, it, it probably won't clash with any other big releases that are coming out earlier in the year. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes, and uh, I'm very excited to see what Spider-Man has in the future for us. Oh, man, but watch out, Spider-Man, because Peppa Pig is getting a new adventure on the PS5, PS4, Switch, and Xbox, and I think it's coming to PC as well on Steam. Peppa Pig's World Adventures it has been officially announced by Bandai Namco, uh, Peppa Pig will continue her 2D adventure uh, across the world. Uh, she'll be going to different locations like uh, France and New York and maybe even the moon, maybe the Taj Mahal. I don't know. Uh, there's also a cruise ship as well and a carnival and stuff like that. So it seems like you start kind of small in, your, in, in Peppa's house and then you kind of start branching out. Maybe it's in their imagination. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, but this is due to come out uh in next year, uh, in, what, in March. I'm coming March 17th. So, it's a big slate of games in March and and February. So, this is just adding to that pile another big release, uh, by a well-known studio. Um, hopefully they do a bit of a better job with this one. You know, the original Peppa Pig, My Friend Peppa Pig, it was just kind of like a dull kind of experience. It didn't have a lot of interactive and elements, you know. I felt like, I felt like the game also, like, It was just a little bit too, like, a lot of the same things happened over and over and over again, right? You drove down the road, you did this, you did that, whatever. Hopefully, this one kind of expands on it a little bit, and hopefully it's not so linear. Like, not linear as in, like, you know, branching paths, but... (sighs) We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Maybe I'll play it, maybe I won't, I don't know. But this is a huge release for March. Uh, Mark it on your calendars. Speaking of huge releases, Resident Evil VR... I'm sorry, Resident Evil Village VR is going to be a launch title game for the system, and it will be free if you already own a copy of Resident Evil Village on PS5 or PS4. Um, You'll need to own a copy of the survival horror game on PS5, but regardless of whether you own the base version or the recently released Gold Edition, you'll be able to download the PSVR2 functionality at no extra cost. Um, so as we know from the, you know, from the Shadow of Rose DLC and how there already is a VR version, right? I think the VR version already came out on like Steam and stuff like that. They had to change the entire game to get Ethan's adventure into this, into the, into the third person and also into the VR world. So they've definitely changed around how the game works. I mean, for an action packed game, it's probably going to be a pretty smooth experience for VR, Kind of, you know, like I said last year, when Resident Evil 4 VR came out, it completely changed that game around. I didn't even recognize some of the areas in the game because you're you're seeing them from from a whole different perspective, a whole new angle. You know, it's much more action packed because you're able to do crazy things with your knife and your gun and whatever. You know, so you know, be ready for another wild whirlwind adventure when uh, the Resident Evil Village launches for PSVR2 on the 22nd of February 2023. And experience the game in a way that has not been done before um so yeah uh we'll see how that goes you'll also be oh here we go you'll be able to dial up the immersion by dual wielding and will have natural motion controls for reloading firearms and brandishing knives there you go you heard of god of war have you heard of god of rock that's right god of rock is hitting the streets on ps5 ps4 and other consoles Uh, on april 18th 2023 what is this game you might ask well do you like street fighter well do you like guitar hero or or rhythm type games well you might want to check this out this is a fighting rhythm game where you go along a song pressing buttons that correspond to the colored buttons on your controller and if you hit a color you will either block or attack and depending on uh, who you're fighting, you know, if they start to miss button prompts, you'll fight, you'll hit them and, and bring down their HP bar. And of course, if you miss buttons, you'll also bring down your, you know, your H bar will be brought down when they hit, when they hit you. Um, seems like an interesting style. Uh, there's a bunch of different gauges you can, you can look at on there as well. So there's like a power-up gauge. There's like a gauge that kind of reminds me of uh, the battle mode in, um in, uh, in, in Guitar Hero, where you, uh, you know, you put like stuff on the screen or you disable a button. There's also a special ability where you got to do like a, a specific combo of, um, uh, directional button inputs to do like a, this big old finishing move or something like that. You know, a lot of, a lot of interesting things in there really, it really is catching my eye. Uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see, you know, uh, what it's like when it officially comes out, but it looks like it's going to be a pretty high paced, high speedy kind of game. The soundtrack is pretty bopping, honestly, um and uh yeah we'll see how it goes you know i think that it looks kind of cool might be a bit challenging but it looks kind of cool so i'm I'm interested in that so like i said god of rock is going to be coming in april uh what was it april what was it april april uh 18th april 18th next year all right you remember uh night in the woods uh, it's a game that came out a few years ago at this point. It's getting a free PS5 upgrade, uh, so the new PS5 version is going to run at 4K 60 FPS. If you have the original version of the game on PS4, you'll be able to get the PS5 version for free. Um, this is a highly regarded adventure game where you play as May, who drops out of college and returns to her hometown. There you can meet all her friends and not-so-friends, engaging in conversations and getting a whole lot done. Uh, it's an emotional narrative-focused adventure that resonated with people when it originally launched. Um, so yeah, uh, looks like they've done. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they did to exactly, but you know, they upped the resolution and they gave it a smooth frame rate. What more could you want? And it's also free, so if you own the original version of the game, so I'm sure a lot of people will go back and relive the memories here. All right, Dead Space remake is officially gone, has officially gone gold. The development on it is, has finished. Uh, right now, as usual, they're probably just working on some patches, some bug fixes, stuff like that. You know, just kind of getting the game ready to be shipped in January. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like the January 27th re- release date uh, will be hit, um, and I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure it will come out just fine. I don't know. I mean, after Callisto Protocol, I'm kind of leery, but, I mean, this game has been in development for quite some time, and, you know, it's 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 a it's a much different beast. And I don't know, I, I have a little bit more hope for this because it is an established IP and they're not trying to do anything super different. They're just kinda of modernizing the original dead the dead space. I'm really interested in trying this out and seeing how it goes. If it's such a different experience from the first one, we'll see, you know. Um, But this is the first of, like, several remakes coming out next year, including Silent Hill 2 and Resident Evil 4, that that I'm really interested in. Um, So, yeah, they are definitely releasing the game on the 27th. It's gone gold, and we'll see how Dead Space remake, you know, pairs up to the original, which is already a cult classic. Final Fantasy 1-6 through 6 P- Pixel Remaster has been confirmed to be coming to the PS4 in spring of 2023. You can buy each game separately in the bundle, or you can buy them all bundled together. There is also going to be a bit of a collector's edition coming out for both Switch and PS4. There will be a two-disc vinyl record set, an anniversary box, a pixel art book, pixel figurines, a color sleeve uh and of course you're going to get all six games on disc if you get the uh the pixel remaster 35th anniversary edition um this will be available also from the this is going to be exclusively available to order from the square enix store um and that's going to be coming in spring of 2023 Uh, a lot of people have been asking for these remasters to come to switch and playstation for quite some time and now they're finally coming Glory be to the Final Fantasy gods, am I right? <laughs> um, so if you're interested in that, make, uh, check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. There's your information there. If you want to buy the bundle, it's going to be about $75. If you want to buy each of the remasters individually, they're going to be $16 individually. Uh, so I guess they're really, really forcing your hand to buy the the bundle because that is not a good deal to buy each game for fucking $16. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, oh I'm sorry, the collector's edition is $260. So the bundle of all the games is is, uh, is $75. Each game individually is sixteen, and the collector edition is two hundred and fifty nine ninety-nine. Wowza. Beat Saber. Haven't mentioned this game in a while. They're adding a new uh some new DLC from popular rock bands. Yes, some oldies and goodies. Uh, So in this DLC bundle, you're going to get Steppenwolf, Born to be Wild, Survivor, Eye of the Tiger, Leonard, Skinnerd, Freebird, Kiss, I I Was Made for Loving You, The White Stripes, Seven Nation Army, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, and Foo Fighters, The Pretender. All jams, of course. Uh, if you want to try those out, uh, they'll be all available in the new DLC for Beat Saber for about $11 for the bundle. And they're calling this one the Rock Mixtape. So there you go. Um, so yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm sure Freebird is going to be pretty crazy. That was the last song in uh, Guitar Hero 2, um, which was you know obviously the hardest song at the time. Uh, so we'll see how it transfers over to uh, Beat Saber, huh? <laughs> All right, here are your PS5 and PS4 uh, PlayStation Plus Extra Premium and... Wait, no, Extra and Premium games for December of 2022. Here we go. Here's your PlayStation Plus Extra games. We have Adventure Time, Pirates of the Enchiridon. I don't know what that means. Uh, ben 10 Power Trip, Evil Genius 2, Far Cry 5, Far Cry New Dawn, Far Cry Primal. Giga Gigantosaurus the Game, Judgment, Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, Mortal Shell, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire Ultimate Edition, The Escapist 2, The Pedestrian, Worms, WMD, WWE 2K22, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. The PlayStation Plus games, they seem to be a good mix this time around. Heavenly Sword on the PS3, Oddworld Abe's Exodus on PS1, Pinball Heroes, and Ridge Racer 2, both on the PSP. Some good selections there. I mean, not as many as I was hoping for the premium games... I still think that PlayStation is sorely lacking on the premium stuff, and I am not going to invest in a premium tier subscription if they don't add more stuff soon, because this is just getting kind of sad. But Heavenly Sword is a pretty good get for the PS3 version. Uh, I never played that, so, you know, if that you know that, that might be a good one to try out, especially because Heavenly Sword was one of those games that seemed seemingly flopped back in the day. They added the character to PlayStation but All-Stars Battle Royale, but I never knew who it was, you know? Uh, obviously, odd, odd World games are are cult classics, and then there's two PSP games I've never played either. So there you go. And then finally for today, here are the 11 games leaving Xbox Game Pass on December 15th. If you're hearing this now, I'm sorry you missed out on some games here. So, Aliens: Fireteam Elite, Breath Edge, Dragon Quest Nine, Echoes of an Elusive Age, Firewatch, Lake, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, NeoVerse, Race with Ryan record or record of lodos war the de, deed de lit in wonder labyrinth uh rory mcclory pga tour and transformers battlegrounds have all left xbox game pass as of december 15th um so yeah sorry if you missed those i'm sorry i didn't mention that earlier <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferris 64. Really do appreciate that. If you want to, please check me out on Twitch at Yummy the Ferret. twitch.tv slash yummytheferret. I stream on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Right now in the Discord, we're going through that month of Game of the Year nominate not nominations, but the Game of the Year contest where people try and guess my Game of the Year and try and guess the position of my top 10 list. Uh, lots of people have already signed up. If you want to as well, just head on over there. There will be plenty of hints and stuff inside of Ferris 64 episodes for the rest of the year if you want to pay attention to that. Also, don't forget that the voting for the Ferret Awards is live right now. As I'm talking about this, in the description of this podcast, there will be a link to the Google document so that you can vote yourself. All I ask for is for you to put your name and vote for whatever game or anything that that matches to the to the to the question right <laughs> what's the game of the year what's the blah 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 all right um also at, you know usually at the end of the year I like to go through all the games that I've played in the year that are of note that I've talked about on the podcast like I say like I always say if you if you're not sure of what games are going to be on my top 10 list Go through the titles of Ferris 64 episodes and just kind of listen to the first part of each episode if you want to. I would rather you list the whole thing, but you know, I, I obviously talk a lot about a lot of games throughout the year, and uh, all you know all the major releases get their um, get their title, you know, their name in the title. Uh, but here's a list here's a comprehensive list of almost all the games that I've played this year of note Uh, So we have Nobody Saves the World, Rainbow Six Extraction, To Be or Not To Be, Serious Sam, Siberian Mayhem, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Dying Light 2, Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Grapple Dog, Super Mario Strikers, Nintendo Sports, uh, Grapple Dog, Far Changing Tides, Ghostwire Tokyo, Haiku the Robot, Trek, Toyomi, Sifu, Ali Ali World, Forgive Me Father, We Were Here Forever, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins, Card Shark, Neon White, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Jack, Stray, Hellpie, Frog Gun, Cult of the Lamb, Played Up, Madden 23, Rollerdrome, Tinykin, Steel Rising, World War One, Isanzo, Shovel Knight Dig, Metal Hellsinger, uh, Overwatch 2, Gotham Knights, Modern Warfare 2, The Entropy Center, God of War Ragnarok, Sonic Frontiers, The Callisto Protocol, High on Life, Vampire Survivors. Um, I don't think I've missed anything in there, but I might have accidentally missed something in there uh but those are all the games that i've played this past year uh i usually write them all down uh the ones that i've played um obviously there's there's really i mean there there are a few games that are coming out at the end of december here that i'm gonna try out but i'm not expecting any of these december games to make it onto the list as of right now um but anyway thank you so much for listening i hope i hope i hope you check back in next week i really hope that you vote in the game awards i'm here the fair and i'll talk at you next week Bye bye The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include nintendolife.com, pushsquare.com, and purexbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.